Once again, Arizona State finds itself in a very familiar place, trying to rebound it from a lopsided loss a few weeks ago. It was in Salt Lake City to the hands of Utah, 55-3. to And this last contest saw them lose at home to probably the best team in the Pac-12 and the legitimate college football playoff participant, Oregon, 49-13. to So what are some of the takeaways that we can glean from that contest and how does it all shape up uh, towards a territorial cup that for the first time in a long time uh, does see the Wildcats as a clear favorite uh, over the Sun Devils. Well, for those topics and more, I invited my former staff member Cole Topham to discuss those. So thank you so much for tuning in. Let's get this thing started. Welcome to the Devil's Junkies podcast. I'm your host and devilsdentist.com publisher, Hoder Bino, and I'm joined by my former uh, staff member and a current uh, member of the Saguaro High School staff, uh, Cole Topham. Cole, how are you doing today? Doing great, man. Um, good to be here talking Arizona State football with you. I was at the game last Saturday. Um, you know, probably wasn't the result Arizona State fans wanted, but I think there's a lot of key take takeaways and it's a, you know, just kind of a a good temperature temperature gauge about where exactly the program is, is at and, you know, exactly how far it has to go to compete on the same level as Oregon. Yeah. And I didn't want to ask you about a game like that, because I know sometimes when you have a lopsided loss and ASU, unfortunately has been part of two of those just in the month of November, obviously uh, at Salt Lake city a few weeks ago, 55 to three, and then uh, 40 to 13 against uh, Oregon I know some coaches call just have the attitude of not to spend too much time on a game that's so one-sided. Some coaches would even say to just burn that game film and let's forget it ever happened. I mean, what, what approach do you think Arizona State is taking or should be taking after, um, you know, such a one-sided uh, defeat uh, to the Ducks? I think it's the same approach you take after that Utah game, man. Like, just that team was flat out uh, better than we were as a team. And I think it was something that, you know, Kenny Dillingham said after the Utah game where the team lost that game in the spring. Like, no amount of preparation in the fall, in-season adjustments, weekly game plan could have changed that outcome outcome for Arizona State um, just because Utah was more physical. Oregon was more physical. They, they had better athletes. You know, they were, they were better coached. They were more disciplined. Um, you know, the offense and the defense had this symbiotic relationship where they played complementary football. Um, they get, they gave each other good field position. You know, there weren't as many, um, you know, mistakes where they allowed the opponent to capitalize on. I think it, it it's just the entire, the entire package, right. Where both of those teams are, are machines. They're, they're clearly well run from top to bottom, but their players buy in, um, and so that's the standard that you want for your program. And when you look um, at a team like Arizona State stack up against, you know, a juggernaut on both sides of the ball like Oregon, who does exactly what they need to do um, when they come, you know, into into Tempe uh, and they and they run up the scoreboard and basically add to Bo Nix's Heisman campaign. Um, it's disappointing for sure, but it's also a reflection on 
you know, Arizona State as a whole, where that was the first game um, that the Sun Devils played that Ray Anderson was not athletic, the athletic director for. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, and meanwhile, like you, it, Ray Anderson doesn't necessarily impact the on-field play, but it's like this, it's, it's definitely the symbol of a turning point in the program. And so in order for Arizona State to get on Oregon and Utah's level, um, then they need to have just that complete buy-in as a program um, because that's what it looks like. When you look at the ASU offense, and I know the struggles are really on just every front, you know, quarterback play, offensive line, batter, you know, running uh, back depth, not really there beyond uh, Cam Scadaville as long as DeCarlos Brooks is on, is on the sidelines like he was <clears throat> not only last week, but for the couple weeks uh, prior to that, not really consistent performance by the uh, wide receivers and the tight ends. But do you feel, Cole, that there's maybe one element above everything else that's really having this offense stuck in the mud? Because let's not forget, I mean, even a, a, a win at UCLA in the Rose Bowl, and that was a commendable win. It still was a lot of blood, sweat, and tears uh, from this offense because of a unit that wasn't even running smoothly, even in victory. Yeah, I mean it's it's injuries, it's um, it's depth, it's talent, um, it's it's knowing the strengths of your personnel, and I think it's been pretty clear that for most of the season that ASU hasn't been able to push the football, um, and I think that was pretty much exposed against that Oregon game where they tried every every trick in the book um, with the swing gate formation, scat at quarterback, um, you know, Borgay on some rollouts, like you you, you try to do everything in order to put your playmakers in the best position, but I just don't think necessarily like this unit um, at this point in the season with kind of all the injuries up front and, um, you know, some injuries to, to some key playmakers as well. Um, you know, Jalen Conyers was dealing with something for a while. And then Xavier Guillory too, who's probably got the most, you know, top straight line speed on the team. You know, he's going to miss the rest of the year as well. Um, or he has. So you, you kind of don't have those elements that you need to, kind of shock Oregon, I guess, and, and create that explosive play. Um, you know, and then there's just the limitations of quarterback Trent Borgay too. And I, I think I, I commend Trenton as well because I think, um, you know, Trenton is very in tune with who he is as a player and exactly, you know, how he plays the quarterback position. I think that's always been one of his strengths is, you know, not taking unnecessary risks with the football because um, he has an ego about his talents. I've never really gotten that from Trenton. Um, but in a game against Oregon, you kind of you kind of do have to take those risks. And we did see Trenton. We did see Trenton take those risks in the red zone. Um, you know, trying to give his playmakers a chance. You know, fifty fifty balls. Um, you know, and, and it ended up you know creating a turnover. I think Cole Martin had the pick down in the red zone. Um, and yeah, and then you know, at that point, I think Oregon Oregon was up like you know, three or three or four scores. Um, AC wasn't on the board yet. So you're just trying to trying to look for something, look for a spark. Um, so, yeah, I mean, that's, that's basically the deal. I think his uh, Oregon did, did a, a really good job stuffing the run game, not letting ASU be physical in that department. Um, and then they were, they had a pretty clear idea about where Arizona state was going to target the field and they took those spots away. So I don't think anybody is going to be floored if quarterback Jaden Rashada, who started the first two games, as we know, uh, is going to play this Saturday. And I'll take it even a step further. This is no inside knowledge on my part, at least. But I won't be shocked if Jaden Rashada is the one actually starting on Saturday. 
you know, my question to you is, and you know, I know it seems like those first two games of the year seem like a million years ago with everything ASU went through. But let's say Jaden Rashada does start on Saturday. And granted, this is a guy that has a lot of rust to knock off again. He did not play since week two. That is a chunk of time. What do you think realistically ASU fans should and should not expect from a Jaden Rashada-led offense on Saturday against a defense of Arizona, which, let's face it, I think is the reason why they were able to really uh, turn the corner from last year, an excellent uh, unit to face. Maybe not the caliber of Oregon or Utah, but I don't think they're really uh, that far behind either. Yeah, no, I, I definitely think ASU fans should temper their expectations. Don't expect Jaden Rashada to be slotted in at the quarterback position, and immediately the team looks different. Um, you know, the, the team has some 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 extra edge that they didn't have before, and I think it, it's pretty clear that Rashada offers the offense a little bit, you know, more unpredictability. Uh, specifically in in the read option game, uh, the run game, but you know also you know, he's the strongest arm talent out of the group too. So um, we're going to see Kenny Dillingham be aggressive, you know, take shots in a game that he absolutely wants to win, in a game that means a lot to him. Um, but at the same time, this is a true freshman making, you know, uh, being after after being out for with an injury for most of the season and you know most of his work coming early in the season, um, yeah, you should expect some some growing pains as well. Um, and I think Kenny Dillingham, you know, he sent a message when he named Jaden Rashada the starter um, for the season. And I think as we've seen throughout these games, um, we, we've kind of understood his process, um, looking at, you know, how the team has performed um, and exactly, you know, how this team operates, like why he went with Rashada. Um but at the same time, he doesn't need to be a superstar this game. And I don't think that's going to be Arizona State's game plan. It's going to be, you know, give him opportunities to showcase the talent that, you know, the, the four-star talent that he showed in high school. Um, take shots, be aggressive, but also expect this to be more of like a, you know, the game that you saw against Washington where you you the defense, you know, puts the offense on the field and gives him as many chances as possible but the defense is ultimately going to be the reason like why this team is still in the game. It creates turnovers. It, it puts a young quarterback in position to put points on the board. And, you know, hopefully you run the clock out enough that you put the Wildcats in a position where they have to drive down the field and either they get it or they don't. I know football junkie like yourself uh, probably saw Arizona play once or twice or even much more than that. Um, what What do you think are – some of the specific aspects that are really clicking for the Wildcats to have uh, one of their best season in years now in Tucson. Yeah. Like you said, the defense is definitely more improved. Um, they get after the quarterback, they create turnovers. Um, they've been able to, you know, hang with some of the pac best teams. And as we said all season, pac is no slouch uh, with this quarterback talent, um, the offensive firepower that's in this conference. Um, you gotta have at least a, a competent defense as we've seen with USC this season even have a fighting chance, um, you know, especially when you don't have a quarterback like Caleb Williams to put you back in the game. So yeah. Arizona has that. Uh, they, they have a defense that, you know, um, you know, prevents big plays from happening for, for the most part and, and plays sound defense. But uh, this new quarterback, too, for Arizona, uh, freshman, is, is really solid. I think he's really composed. I think the, the lights have never looked too bright for him, um, and he's been able to play some high-quality football for them. 
uh, and then combined with the pass catchers that they have there um, in Cowling and McMillan, um, just a really, really nice tandem that they, they can get the ball to in multiple areas of the field. Um, I think, you know, this, this quarterback, uh, Fafita, is gonna, he's, he's been a, a mailman for sure. Uh, he's just mailing the football to them. And uh, I think that's going to be their game plan, man, is get, to the, get, those, get those guys the ball as much as possible. And they're going to know Arizona State's going to have a plan to, to take them away too. I know that uh, there's still one, one more game to be played, but it's probably not too premature to talk about what ASU need, needs to do in the offseason. Um, is it really just obvious, just uh, hitting the portal hard on offensive and defensive line, uh, you know, maybe Pipper and a little a little running back and a linebacker help uh, from that um, recruiting avenue that is really, you know, the, the offseason planned in a nutshell? Or do you see that maybe there's some maybe not so obvious um, factors that we need to keep in mind uh, to have this Arizona State team really improve uh, quite a bit? And as much as ASU fans would hate to hear it, uh, maybe engineer their own um, Arizona turnaround, so to speak. Yeah, I mean, it's definitely definitely offensive line. You got to focus the portal that way. Um, you know, I think the Arizona State staff has the right, you know, frame of mind in terms of high school recruiting where, um, yeah, you have, you have offers out to these kids uh, and everything. You evaluate the talent in state, but the transfer portal is always going to provide you, um, you know, more immediate help in positions and X factor positions that you need to make an impact in um, and offensive line. Uh, I know they're going to hit the, the transfer portal heavy there, especially with just how torn up it's been this season. Um, and, and, and the talent depth for, for sure has been exposed in, in terms of, um, you know, last game that they, they came out and tried to run outside zone against Oregon and got immediately blown up for a loss. And it's simply just because Oregon has better athletes that can fly to the ball um, and get to their spots before their offensive line can. And so getting an offensive line that is athletic, uh, works in sync together, um, and, and can really set the tone in the run game is going to be huge for Arizona State and being able to, to field a product in the Big 12 next season. And there, there's some physical games going to be lined up um, on that schedule. So um, with the passing game kind of finding – it's sort of groove under Kenny Dillingham and its identity and what it wants to be as, as well as, you know, a, a young quarterback like Jade Rashada at the helm, you're going to need a stable running game always um, to kind of offset some of the, you know, just, just some of the hurdles that you'll encounter trying to get that going. So, um, you know, Scadaboo is probably going to be gone next season. You're going to have to um, find a workhorse. You know, pr- you're probably going to go after another running back in the portal um, to, you know, supplement, whoever the second back is, you know, Tevin White to Carlos Brooks. Um, you know, I would be surprised if, you know, if, you know, one of those names isn't even, I, I would, I, I wouldn't be surprised if one of those names also has the portal, you know, away from this team either. So um, you need a, a strong run game to offset the pass game. I think that's the number one priority for this offense. Well, Cole, thank you so much. I want to wish you, you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving. And I know that Sawyer has a huge playoff game. In, in Tucson this weekend. So uh, best of luck with that. And uh, I'm sure I'll be talking to you uh, sometime uh, during the off season. Uh, this is definitely going to be maybe not as interesting as an off season. As it was last year, just because, you know, you don't have a new head coach coming in, but uh, definitely a crucial, crucial uh, several next months ahead for ASU to really start uh, trying to turn this thing around. Yeah, no, thank you. I appreciate it. It's, it's definitely going to be interesting to see, 
um, their game plan for this offseason and see you know what what positions in need where they land um, you know some interesting guys that they feel like they can help them next season so um, you know it's it's year two it's where things really start rolling you get you get sort of a past year one with all the turmoil that's gone on in this program the last two years but year two you, you have to hit the ground running especially in a new conference you got to make some waves um, especially you know on the recruiting front but also on the field so it's going to be interesting to see how uh, County Dillingham and the rest of the staff attacks this. And that'll do it for this episode of the Devil's Junkies podcast. I'd like again to thank my former staff member, Cole Topham, for his insight. And as we both mentioned, the next few weeks are going to be very interesting for Arizona State. The transfer portal opens on December 4th. And the signing day for high school prospects and junior college transfers takes place on December 20th. So like I always say, there's no such thing as an offseason in football. There can be plenty of news and developments to track and report. And if you want to make sure that you don't miss anything on the recruiting front, make sure you become a premium subscriber to devilsitis.com today and be wired in to all the latest. Thank you so much for tuning in. And on behalf of myself and the entire devilsitis.com staff, wanted to wish you and yours a very happy Thanksgiving.